welcome to the Wilco Podcast. Worship Leaders Collective is a worship community of over 32,000 worship leaders from 99 countries around the world. You can check us out online at worshipleaderscollective.com or type in Worship Leaders Collective on Facebook to get connected for free today. Our hope is to help equip you with the tools and resources you need so that you can be who God's called you to be and do what He's called you to do. You've been called for such a time as this. Listen up as we dive into another episode of the Wilco Podcast. Hey, y'all. Welcome to the Wilco Podcast. My name is Jenny McGrew. Hey, hey. We have another amazing episode today. Uh, with one of the best. Uh, He has become like a father's voice in the house here in our worship community. His name is Paul Balash, and we just always feel so honored when he's in the room with us today. Uh, Today's episode is on a whole lot of everything, but if you have ever been in a Wilco um, Grow class, uh, when Paul was speaking, you know that he's always going to be touching on some point of how to have longevity in the ministry. Uh, I was thinking about that this morning and it reminded me of Hebrews 13, 7, where the Apostle Paul said, now remember your leaders who spoke the word of God to you. Consider the outcome of the way of their life and imitate their faith. And uh, that's one of the reasons why we love having Paul back time after time is that we trust him. Uh, Just again, as the Apostle Paul said, follow me as I follow Christ. Um, With Paul, we can just watch Paul and see the outcome of his life, how he lives his life, tried and true, stable and steady. He really has paved the way for thousands, perhaps millions in the body of Christ, um, leading us closer to Jesus, how how to be healthier in the ministry. And he really cares a lot for you and the next generation. So stay tuned, you guys. Today's episode is chocked full of wisdom. If you're driving, maybe you want to listen to this episode again so that you can listen with a pen and paper or your phone out ready to take some notes. We love you guys. We totally believe in you. Hey, and if you have any questions or comments that you ever want to make, drop us an email. Hello at worshipleaderscollective.com. We love to hear from you. We'd love to write you back and help you in any way that we can. God bless you guys. On one hand, we don't want to get up there and be bummed out. We're, we, it's not the, the platform for us to air all of our difficulties and grievances. And um, on the other hand, we, we want to be authentic people. And I think, um, you know, just a little bit of what we'll share and then we'll do some Q&A. But just one of the things on my heart, again, is to uh, how do we walk that, that line of being authentic people and going through very difficult times and yet, you know, not getting up on the platform and feeling like we need to sort of air that out in front of our church family. Uh, there is a time and a place. My wife used to always liken worship leading similar to uh, when you go into a restaurant and you order food and the waiter or waitress comes up and they ask you what you want and you, they take your order and then they walk away and then you're wondering after 15, 20 minutes, hey, whatever happened to our waiter or waitress? And then you look over and realize, oh, they're over there eating lunch or something. They're eating. They're at a table eating. And her point 
to the team was Sunday morning is not the time for us to get fed. Mm. That's right. You know, that's not our turn. It's not our, uh, there's a time and a place for everything, but Sunday morning, if you are called to lead others in worship and to help others worship, which is how I like to define what our role is, is simply to help others worship. Well, to glorify God, number one. Number two, to help others worship. That's a whole thing we could talk about. Every decision we make should be run through that filter of, will this be something that will help others worship? Or could this be distracting? Um, so we just kind of ask ourselves, I think that's a good question. If, if you're taking a few notes with your thumbs or your fingers or an old fashioned writing pad, that, that might be worth just writing down. Some of these things are worth pondering and praying about over the next week and see how it applies to you. Um, but yeah, are we, are, are the decisions we're making on a week to week basis, are we helping others worship? Um, but going back to just finish that, that sort of uh, analogy of being a waiter or a waitress. So on a Sunday morning, in a sense, we put on our, our uniform and we're there to serve. That is an opportunity for us to serve others. It's not where we, we will necessarily get fed. And I think that's important to bring up because some of you may still be struggling with certain guitar chords, which is fine, or piano chords, or maybe a, a vocal thing. And maybe there's a, like, there's a chord E over G sharp. And, you know, so there's an E. Here's a E over G sharp. Well, man, you know, in the beginning, that was a hard word to make for me and I was like it would sound like that so there are a lot of things that we're trying to in in the name and in for the purpose of serving others on a Sunday morning we prayerfully put our list together we prayerfully rehearsed our set list we we've thought about prayerfully the transitions from song to song we've thought about how we're going to even begin are we going to begin with a cold just right into the song? Or are we going to have a, a few, maybe 20 seconds of good morning? Good morning, church family. Good to see you this morning. Let's stand together and blah, blah. You know, how you even think about that, what I would call prayerfully forecasting. Like you're a, a spiritual weatherman or a weather person. Oh, forgive me, that showing a weather. It used to be called the weatherman. Of course, it's not anymore. Though the uh, meteorologist, aha, that's the term I believe we use now. Um, so we prayerfully forecast, you know, we, we tune into the news and go, what's the weather going to be this Friday? What's the weather going to be Saturday? In the same way, we think prayerfully, okay, what's it going to feel like Sunday morning, 10 a.m., first service, okay, or whatever, 9 a.m., but ask yourself that question from week to week as you prepare, and even with your team, ask yourself, okay, guys, let's just take, take a minute here and try to feel and think about, but then also feel our, our spiritual imagination and prayerfully forecast, what's that moment? What does that moment feel like? And how can we, how can we make that moment feel authentic, um, where we're not coming across as like some Las Vegas super slick band. You know, this isn't a concert, man. Sunday morning is not a concert. Sunday morning is family time. 
people are not looking for entertainment. Maybe, you know, maybe a few percentage, small percentage of people are, they don't even know it perhaps. They just walk in because, hey, they, the music's cool and people smile at me sometimes. And, uh, you know, hey, but I'm just saying for those of you in leadership, remind ourselves Sunday morning, ultimately people need to be reminded they belong. We belong to the Lord where we are the body of Christ. And this is our spiritual family in this community. When the apostle Paul would write letters to the church in Philippi, to the church in Colossus, to the church in Ephesus, you know, those were like community churches in a sense. Those were the, the, the local church community. And that's, that's what we are. So I, I just, if you've never considered that, think of it more as a family that we are, this is your church family and and prayerfully think about the people you're about to lead even so that it takes away any of that us and them even unconsciously sort of this like we're on a stage that's about six feet higher than everybody else's like sitting in chairs or pews and that can that can just unconsciously uh create this strange dynamic so let's do everything we can to sort of Level, uh, welcome to the place of level ground. There's a song I wrote years ago with Brian Dirksen. Um, that was the opening line. Welcome to the place of level ground. Because in the cross, in, in the body of Christ, we are all on level. We are on the same footing. There's no hierarchy other than Jesus as the head. So I'm trying not to digress here, but these are things that I think worth just bringing up maybe even as reminders that don't feel like you have to be slick and shiny and like over professional. I mean, professional as in, yes, make sure you're in tune, make sure your voice is warmed up, make sure the band hopefully has been rehearsed. And even that little extra on Sunday morning, that little extra run through what I call tops and tails, where we, we maybe just hit the very top of each song and the very end of a song, and we kind of just kind of prayerfully imagine how we might come out of that into that song. But I al always, by the way, so I have this sort of plan or trajectory, this journey that I imagine a 20 minute, 25 minute, some of you maybe 15, some of you maybe 45, you know, <laughs> depending on your church liturgy and so forth. Um, but I do in my heart, leave room for, um, for God to interrupt that. You know, I, we sort of have a plan. This feels good. I've prayerfully thought about this. I'm not just, our job isn't to just like look at the CCLI, CCLI list and pick four popular songs, put them together, boom. That's not our job. That's not our role. That's not our function. Our, we prayerfully think about uh, what's going on in our church or in the past week or the past month? Are there, are there any particular things we as a church body are going through? A difficult time, a, a time of rejoicing, celebration. Um, um, also, what is going on in the world? I remember when 9-11 happened. I had my Wednesday night set list all set, prepared a week before. We're going to do this Well, on Tuesday. I remember a Tuesday morning, 9-11, just what an unspeakable tragedy that was. Mm -hmm. And uh, 
So for me to just show up on a Wednesday night and go, oh, well, this is the list that I prepared last week. So here we go. You know, super, super happy sort of songs. I just know we were all troubled and grieving and upset and fearful. And uh, so how do we address that? How do, what, are, what are some songs and some scriptures that would, would fortify our faith? Uh, it sounds very French, fortify, fortify, fortify our faith. Um, that's alliteration, by the way, fortify our faith. If we were writing songs. So I ended up, I, I don't know, one of the songs came to mind was, uh, oh, I wasn't even a big hymn guy at the time, but oh, oh, oh God, our help in ages past, our hope for years to come. Our shelter from the stormy blast and our eternal home. I mean, maybe that's almost too graphic, but it felt like that was one of several songs. So that's, I guess, what, what are you trying to do here, Paul? I guess I'm, I'm giving you, this is how I think about approaching a time of worship, how I prepare my heart and going back to my initial point of, this is my place of service. I'm aware that regardless of how I'm feeling or what I'm going through, uh, when, when a plumber shows up to my house, you know, he's there to just fix my plumbing situation. Um, he's not there to sort of tell me all about, although if he did, of course, as a believer, my instinct would be to listen and to pray for him or to see if there's a way I could help. So, but you see my point, or, or if you're a waiter or waitress, they may be having a terrible day, but typically their role is to come up to your table and with a the best smile the best version of themselves they can kind of muster up they say hello good evening what can i what can i get for you so it's a little bit of that attitude even if it's not phony for us to do that you're not being a phony you're you're you are just taking the role that god has given you you're taking it serious and you are respecting the people that you're serving by not just presumptuously um, airing all the difficult things in your life. There's a place for that. And so there may be, yeah, so there may be times, a very few times where maybe as you were getting close to Sunday in my life where I thought, I don't know if I can get up there with, with a degree of integrity and lead worship this mm -hmm. Sunday. I mean, I could, but I kind of feel like, and may, there's maybe two times in 25 years where I may have gone to my leadership and said, I think I'm going to pass off the worship leading this Sunday to so-and-so because I just feel like, just feel like my heart's not in that place, in, in the healthiest of place to, to lead others. And I think that might almost come across as, too obvious to those who know me in this congregation. So when that happens, you know, have a plan B, have someone that perhaps can come along and, and provide that service um, for your church body, for your church family. Family, again, we are family. I got, like, that's a song that should resonate in your head that your local church should be there should be a sense of family. Now, it doesn't mean every single person, you're not going to be best friends with every single person. There's going to be people in your church you actually don't like. 
There's going to be people in your church that, can we just say that? I mean, I mean, God so loved the world. Jesus, we would, all of us would say, oh, Jesus loved everyone. I mean, for anyone to raise their hand and go, Jesus did not love everyone. I mean, it sounds like heresy. But I think it's fair to say that Jesus probably did not like everyone. <laughs> I don't think, I don't think he was a big fan of Herod. Um, some of the uh, Pharisees, Sadducees, he kind of he, he did not like them. Um, so it's okay to admit that I, I just don't really care for that guy and uh, or, or whoever. Just, just be real. And but you spend time with the people that you love, and when you see that other per person, be respectful. Hey, hey, brother, how's it going? Good, great, all right. And I'll tell you what. More than ever, we have to acquire that skill because I read something yesterday, a pastor that I respect very much. This is from the Barna Group, and it is a list of ministry challenges by pastors who have considered quitting. Now, I'll bet you there's not a single person on here that's ever considered quitting. <laughs> I'm laughing because if you're human, then of course, quitting, feeling like quitting is to be human. It's too hard. I don't like this. Um, yeah, I mean, and I'm okay, forget that. Now, but I just thought of most recently on Good Friday, we're reminded of Jesus in the garden who cried out to the Father. If there's any possible way for you to, for this cup to pass me, for me to not have to go through this, God, so be it. I mean, Jesus was crying out to God in a sense, like not wanting to quit, but looking for, is there another way, if there's any possible way? So, um, so I just want to bring these things up. When I was saying that guy in the room, because the third reason here some of these challenges i'll go to the first one and two but the third one is current political divisions <laughs> so there's we can't deny there's people in our church hopefully you're in a church where there is kind of a spectrum of political thought um there always has been when i was in texas 25 years at that church i, I was a little bit aware that people that sort of leaned a little to the left and people that leaned a little to the right, you know, and, and I felt like my role was, I, I actually was excited that here we are in the same room week after week, lifting our eyes above our earthly governments. And we're, we're looking at the kingdom of heaven, the kingdom of God. I loved that, that, uh, I don't know if it's a challenge, but I loved being just reminding people that we are living, we're a part of a kingdom that's greater than any kingdom on earth. And that I loved seeing people with differing points of view together as a family, if you will, as a spiritual family, agreeing to disagree on certain things. Um, at times, maybe having some of those uh, in Isaiah, that scripture that says, come, let us reason together. I, I miss that. Nowadays, there's very little of, come, let us reason together. Let's have a, converse, a respectful conversation because you're obviously not a terrible human being. 
but you think differently about this particular issue. So how about, let me hear what, why and what you think about that. So my point is, when you are in your church, you may come across people that in the past, it was just normal to be like, oh, hey, so-and-so, and you shake hands, and you, maybe you're aware that they're very much different than you from social issues or political issues, perhaps. And yet there was at least a mutual respect as a brother and sister in Christ. And I still contend for that. I fight for that. I am determined that I'm not going to, I'm just not going to X people out. I want to keep dialogue happening. Um, I will seek that person out and say, this is my posture. Even if I feel like I have a kind of a strong, firm commitment, I'll say, I, I don't understand. I just don't understand like where that point of view comes from. Can you tell me why you sort of feel that strong about whatever that issue is? So maybe file that away. Maybe it's, maybe it's like a humble way to just enter into a conversation instead of armed to the teeth with trying to prove them and win them to your point of view. How about saying, I, I, I'll be honest, I don't understand how you can sort of stand behind that. And, uh, but I, I know you're not a horrible person. So I'd love to hear kind of you just share your thought on that. And um, so, yeah, maybe that will help. Maybe that'll come in handy at some point. Um, how are we doing? You doing all right? I've barely come up for air. I'm just like, blah, 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 blah. Oh, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> um, all right. So ministry challenges by pastors who have considered quitting. This is like within the past week, like pretty, pretty current research by the Barna Group. Number one, the immense stress of the job. Okay. So stress is a pretty broad word. But. Why don't you take a minute, just a moment, and uh, what's the biggest stress in your life? Just take a moment. Write it down. What's the first thing that comes to mind? First, one, two, three things. What is the biggest thing, issue that is stressing you out lately? Yeah, another way is like, what what is depleting you? Mm -hmm. It's an interesting word, depleting. Like, what what is draining you? What or who is draining you of your joy, your energy? That okay. Too bad we don't have an anonymous uh, way to chat. It'd be interesting to see people just start listing a bunch of things. That, uh... Okay, the reason I'm bringing this up because this I can't get the scripture out of my head. Proverbs 4.23, and this is worth writing down, Proverbs 4.23. When the Bible says, above all else, what do you think that means? That's pretty important, isn't it? Above all else, the writer of the Holy Scriptures is saying, hey, just, just want you to point, 
above all else, all else, everything above, yeah, above all else, guard your heart. Guard your heart. Above all else, guard your heart. So what what has what has gotten into your heart in the last two, three, four months, past year? And then it may it may go along with the second, the the highest trending issue here, challenge is I feel lonely and isolated. Well, what a surprise that is, huh? isolated imagine that two years of a pandemic where we had to learn how to minister and do church in ways that uh, have never been done before but loneliness is a big deal loneliness and isolation so yeah we have to pay attention to what's going on in our heart. Um, and maybe what did the pandemic reveal? Ask yourself, and these are questions to ask yourself when we're finished here, but to prayerfully ponder, take these to the Lord and in light of his grace, in light of his kindness, he's not judging you. He doesn't have a finger pointing at you saying, I've been waiting for you to, but in light of his kindness, his, his grace, um, yeah, what has the pandemic revealed about your heart? Um, when you are lonely and isolated, where, where do you go for assurance and comfort and relief? Um, you know, the enemy is right there. The enemy is there to offer just a whole, you know, I've got a jacket here, like one of those things where like a guy, and have all these like watches or something like, hey, look what I've got here. Take your pick. Um, so, you know, just have a little talk with Jesus and just get real and be honest and say, yeah, I've, I'm not proud that uh, I, I sort of default. I, I, I've, I found that I sort of defaulted to this, to eating a, you know, a half a gallon of ice cream every night while I binged on Netflix series, you know, nine hours a day or whatever. I, I don't even want to start listing things, whatever. Just, and none of may not be sinful. Some of these things are not necessarily sinful. Some may be sinful. That's something, take that to the Lord. Some things may have become almost addictive. Um, so again, in the light, in the safety of God's grace and the fact that you are his child, you are his daughter, you are his son because of what he's done, not because you lead worship, not because you sing good, not because you write a good song or come up with a good sermon. That's not why he loves you. And that's, I'm talking to myself. Okay. Identity. We got to get back to it, man. Our, our world, our culture, like never before, is trying to find desperately some identity. That's such a big word right now. My identity. What am I going to identify as or with? And, you know, we have to remind ourselves that 
we ident our identity is a child of God, or I'll just speak for myself, according to the word of God. If you call upon Jesus as your Lord and Savior, uh, we are daughters, we are sons of our Father in heaven. Jesus said, when you pray, pray like this, our Father. You know, no one had ever said that. That was such a radical way to address God, Yahweh, Jehovah. But to say, Father, our Father, which makes us his children. So our identity is we are children of God, um, his children. We were created for his pleasure. The end of Revelation, I love that line that says, uh, all things were created for his pleasure. He created us. Not just so we could do whatever the heck we want to do, but we were created for his pleasure, for his purposes. And there's freedom in that, guys. There's real freedom in that. We're not missing out on anything. And that's why Paul finally said in the book of Galatians, hey, I, ego, I'm, I was crucified with Christ. My, that individual ego identity that I had that I fought so hard to, that ego, actually the word I, that in the, in the Greek, when he says I in Galatians, it's actually the word ego. It really is. I'm not making that up. So I, ego, have been crucified with Christ, and I, ego, no longer live. But the life I live now is by faith in the Son of God. It's like that's our new identity. We are, we are his. And there's such freedom in that. Instead of scratching and clawing, trying desperately to find some identity to go, this is who I am. No, this is who I am. And usually it's based on performance or all kinds of things. Feelings, not faith, not facts. That's another, that'd be a whole nother thing we could talk about. When we talk about our heart, it's interesting, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. And the world says, this is an interesting thing to ponder and take it to the Lord. He's, the world says, trust your heart. Oh, whatever you do, trust your heart. What does your heart say? <laughs> Which sounds good. And I get, I, you know, we kind of know what they mean. And yet, we, we have to deal with scripture in Jeremiah that says, the heart is deceitful and wicked above all things. Who can know it? Don't shoot me. I'm just a messenger. Just, I mean, that's, that's a scripture that's worth pondering. That's a, we can't always trust our heart. Have you ever been deceived and fooled by your heart? Have you ever just put all, put all your chips on what, you were, what your heart, what you were feeling? And then you come to find out, wow, that was not, that was not the right call. Maybe I should have the other scripture that is more of my life scripture where it says, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Don't lean on your own understanding, but in everything you do, acknowledge him. Acknowledge him. I love that. So all throughout the day, just keep passing it, Lord. What about, what, what about that thing I'm praying about? What about just in all your ways, acknowledge him and he'll direct your steps. So it is a little bit, it's not really our heart. It's, it's you're trusting the spirit of God, yeah. but it's in that heart, will, emotional realm of us, of our being. So anyway, so guard our hearts, guard our hearts, pay attention to what's going into our mind, our heart, our soul. Um, uh, disappointment is a big deal, you know, just disappointments. We've been through a lot of disappointments, and I've seen a lot of people walk away from the Lord in the past couple of years. People that I've known a long time, 
and some people I haven't known very well, but somewhat public. And they're just like, yeah, kind of done, sort of done. I'm just going to like, uh, kind of do whatever I feel like doing. I'm just going to kind of watch TV and raise my family and go fishing on Sunday mornings. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's sad, right? So I, I love seeing all of you that actually builds my faith to look at your faces and go, these are people that have been through difficult, challenging, disappointing seasons of life who are still choosing Jesus. That, that inspires me almost to tears, almost it. I mean, if we didn't do anything this past hour, if we just like logged on and just like looked at each other and just sat with that and realized, look at all these people that do kind of the same thing that I do from week to week. And man, they're hanging in there and they're still pressing in. They're still pursuing God. And they still want to learn. They're, they're still, you know, seeking the things of God. I mean, yeah. So, Anyhow, so uh, there's a lot of things we could talk about, but I have talked a lot. And I feel like, to be fair, I should look at maybe some of the chat here. And Jenny, if there's one question in particular that stood out, if you've monitored that a little bit, and you say, hey, Paul, what about, feel free. Um, People have their hands up, but I just said we'd save them for the end. So if you guys want to write a couple questions now in the chat box and maybe the first couple just kind of tied into what he's talking about before he segues into something else. Cause I just really sense that God is moving on this area of the heart. I think it, it applies to everybody, especially with what Paul was saying about people being disappointed and dropping out. I have a lot mm-hmm. of friends who've lost their marriages or they've gotten very serious illnesses over the pandemic or they're not serving the Lord anymore. Or they walked away from their church, you know, and we sing this song at our church by elevation. It's called testimony. And I love the bridge. It says, if I'm not dead, I'm not done. Greater things are still to come. Oh, I believe. And I'm just like, yeah, if we're not dead. We're not done. I don't care how old we are. If we're five years old today or, we're 105 years old. Greater days to be lived in the grace and glory of God. And that's so key is the, you know, what Paul's talking about is we have to be found in the grace of God. And I think we're all being very challenged in that this season is apart from him, we can do nothing. Um, okay. Oh, yes. Hillary, you did send a question last night. It was about the aging leader. Um, does anybody have a question? Just hold on one sec, Hillary. Just hold on to that, okay? Um does anyone have a question about the heart or you're struggling perhaps in an area this season um, that Paul could help you with? This is your moment, you guys. This is your moment. And this isn't a place to be shy because I can tell you many people are probably dealing with the exact same thing. I've learned that. Um, okay. Um, while while they're asking, go. hey, yeah. Jenny, I've got, I've got a scripture that goes with that song that you just quoted. In Ecclesiastes, it says, a live dog is better than a dead lion. Oh, come on. Come on. I love that. Come on, everybody. Think about it. A live dog is better than a dead lion. And there's days where I feel like a dog 
I don't feel very much like a lion, but it's like, I still have breath in me and okay, tomorrow's another day and I can. Yeah. And you don't have to be worried about being a lion, guys. You got the lion of the tribe of Judah inside of you. So greater than any lion that we could ever be. Okay. So Paul, there's, I think there's a couple of questions here. If you want to. Yeah, good, good. Wow. Okay. Now they're coming in fast. Takes me. Uh, some of you are acknowledging. Yeah, I know that as, as Jenny just mentioned, you know, people in your congregation who have gone through health issues and you pray and you fast and believe and they die. And yet, you know, you're singing these songs and you're believing for miracles. So I, I get it. I get there's always going to be that tension, guys. And I feel like uh, one of the things that has helped me is the moment where Jesus looked at his disciples and said, when some walked away from Jesus and, and he looked at his disciples and said, are you going to go too?" And I think it was Peter that said, where else can I go? Like where only you have the words of eternal life. Like sometimes you feel like that. If we're honest, you, like they were at a place of, there was a tension of their, their, their minds were just unsure of what was going on in that moment. And for them to say, where else can we go? Only you have the words of eternal life. And as I've been to, you know, places that were so difficult and I was disappointed and we were disappointed and I watched it affect people's faith and it affected mine. And the next time it came around to pray for somebody over a health issue, like it was a little bit of a sting. I had to like overcome that sting and just Remind myself, Jesus said, the faith of a mustard seed. So just, you know how big a mustard seed is? It is, it's so tiny, mm-hmm. super tiny. And sometimes I thought, okay, I, 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 gotta, I got that much faith. And I will just continue to pray and believe and ask God because there have been times where God miraculously raised people up and healed people of mm-hmm. cancer, lymphoma, um, things in our church that were just, Wow. And then other times it was just very, uh, we mourned. We, we, we wept with those who wept and we mourned and we grieved and that's part of life. Um, okay. So, um, um, going back, you mentioned the beginning, I have trouble finding time to be, in the one who is to be the one who is fed rather than the one who feeds. Yeah, we have to carve out time. Ask yourself, how are you wired? We're all different. We could do sort of this Enneagram thing, or we could do a strength finders, or we could do, but hopefully you've done a few of those kinds of things where you you know what your temperament is like, and you know yourself and your relationship with the Lord well enough to know what are the things that feed your spirit and feed your soul? Some of you might be getting up, putting on your sneakers, going for that run while you listen to worship music. Some of you might be getting up, pouring your tea, sitting in a quiet chair for 30 minutes, reading uh, the Hebrews, you know, the the Bible in Hebrew or something. I don't know. You know, however you're wired. (laughs) I think it's important to write that down. No, it's like there used to be in a marriage situation. It's like love languages, you know, how to use. Sometimes one spouse can be thinking they're loving this, their spouse, and yet the, the other spouse doesn't, it doesn't compute because that's not one of their love languages. So this person's working really hard to like love this person, but it doesn't, 
because we're all wired differently. We all have slightly different temperaments. We receive love, we give love in different ways. So again, have a talk with Jesus, ask the Holy Spirit and write down, write these things down. Maybe right now or over the next few days, take some time and ponder and then do those things. That's my point is whatever that is that fills your spirit, feed your spirit. Some of you are more loner types and it's like, man, I just need time to myself. Some of you, you need to get around other people. Otherwise you just go down. And frankly, I think to a degree we, we do for sure need other people uh, if we're going to successfully uh fight the good fight, finish the race and keep the faith. We, we do need other people to walk beside us, people we can go to and be accountable to and encourage and be encouraged. We, we need flesh and blood reminders. As, as someone said years ago, I need Jesus with skin on. So, yeah. So hopefully that will help you uh, think about it. just do more of those things that feed your spirit, guard your heart. Think about the things that do the opposite. I mean, it's not a fundamentalist thing, but I remember back in the day when I would, you know, prepare the worship for the week and prepare this. And then we have our rehearsal Thursday night and then here comes Saturday night. And, you know, sometimes back then when there was a show called Saturday night live, it used to be kind of funny. Uh, uh, Chris Farley and, you know, Will Ferrell, they used to do skits that were funny, more cowbell. But, you know, they also, nothing was sacred. I feel like he was pretty cynical and jaded and it's that kind of humor. And it's not like a fundamentalist thing, but I, I became aware that it's hard for me to like fill my mind with that at 1130 on Saturday night. And then Sunday morning, get up with a childlike heart, trying to bring sort of an innocent childlike heart which I think is required to a degree, you know, to try to, as best as we can, show up on that Sunday morning, uh, you know, putting aside your, your doubts, your jadedness, your cynicism and saying, Lord, once again, I come to you as a child with, a, with, a, with an open heart, with a childlike heart, and I lift my prayer to you in this song. That's, that's kind of my attitude. So pay attention mm -hmm. to things that sort of poison the well. Mm -hmm. Pay attention to things that steal your joy and poison the well. Mm -hmm. And just yeah. say, God, give me grace. Help me to sort of be, avoid that. And may, maybe it requires a friendly accountability. I have a friend of yours. Mm -hmm. Tell them, look, I'm trying to like get less of this and this and this in my life. And I need you to ask me about it every Thursday or, or every Tuesday morning or whatever. And I just want to like build a habit, a new habit of just like, I don't really need that in this season of my life. So hope that helps a little bit. Um, okay. Some of you, um, you guys have any questions? Well, Hillary, this might be a good time. Hillary, you sent me that email. So you could just, just type in your question here. It's about the aging mm -hmm. female worship leader that I think might help some women here. Good. What and what? I'll answer that question, Hillary. You just keep lifting up the name of Jesus. Every okay. breath that you got. Here right. she goes. Okay. So, are you going to ask me the question? Or do you want me to just? Uh, um, well, Hillary, I'll, you know what? I'll, let I'll, me see. Let me see if I I'll have just it. address um, it. I'll just address it. I got it. Sure. I, I've heard this before, and there's a brother or two on here that I've actually had this discussion with. Um, I'm not. I'm not a young youngster <laughs> by, by any means. Um, 
And I am thankful for any opportunity I get to be part of leading others, helping others worship. That's the way I look at it. I may not always be the leader, but if I can be part of helping others worship, sometimes that may mean I don't get sort of the, uh, the, the, the leadership role that I used to get maybe every single Sunday. Maybe it's only twice a month now, or maybe it's only once a month, or however that may apply to you. Um, uh, I mean, it is, some of that is just spiritually, psychologically coming to terms with, we are aging, aging is a reality. Mm. And, uh, you know, some practical things I've tried to do is, you know, you know, take care of this tent, this, this tent that God has given me to work in. This is this body will, will not be here forever. Um. And so what can I do? Things taking a walk or join a gym maybe, or, you know, maybe try to a little less carbs, whatever your thing is. I don't want to get off on a tangent, but, you know, trying to adopt some maybe new habits that uh, keep, that give you some energy. You know, I watched over the years at our church, I watched people kind of go two different ways. I watched people that sort of gave up on themselves and, you know, they kind of didn't really have a vitality or a life. Uh, and then others who sort of felt called and felt like, okay, part of my responsibility is to take care of my vessel as best as I can, and my voice and my primary skill, whatever that is, my voice, my playing, and, and to keep that minimum standard so that I can continue to serve in some capacity. And that was always my hope and is still my hope. I'm, I'm hopeful that Mm-hmm. Uh, I will continue to be asked into some way, shape, or form at a local church mm-hmm. or itinerant that to to show up and to help others lead. I, I love getting to do that. And um, but the other component you might consider is this sort of player coach. It was more popular years ago, decades ago, but it was not uncommon to have a player uh, that would still be a player, but they would kind of transition into a coaching role as well. So you have a lot of wisdom and experience that you can begin to sort of hand off and begin to intentionally find those talented 20-somethings or late teens and sort of give them opportunities to to come up and co-lead. And with your experience, maybe you do that first song, you're, you're more comfortable with that, good morning, everyone, let's stand together. And then that second song, you sort of back off the mic and that less experienced younger person kind of just steps up and leads that second song. Maybe they transition, they lead the third song. And then maybe you, you rehearse this and then you kind of come back and you lead that final song and, and kind of bring worship to a close. You feel that. And then you discuss that with that next generation person later. Like, hey, did you notice how I tried to do that? Or I trying to be thinking about this, or I was looking at the clock, and but I did feel like something was going on in the spirit. So I just kind of paused a little bit and we just played over that C chord. And, and so you're explaining, you're coaching, you're modeling, you're still engaged. So, and, and, and keep your heart humble. Don't have an entitlement. Don't, don't feel like you're entitled to be in some authority position just because you did for the last and, you know, I wish I could hug you or applaud you and say thank you for serving the Lord and being faithful all those years. I hope, I hope you have a sense of that in your heart, that God has 
uh, I hate to say used you. I, I've been trying to find a different word for that. But you've been part of what God is doing in your fellowship. And um, so I don't know. Does that help at all, Hillary? Do you want a, a, a feedback, another follow-up on that? I can't hear you. No, she's just typing. Okay. Okay. I think what you're saying, Paul, is amazing. I think it's where a lot of people are at and sometimes they don't know how to ask the question or it can just create its own sense of frustration and implode because maybe they don't know how to ask or who to answer, you know, ask the question. But we have this inter interesting dynamic where, you know, worship leaders are getting older, like contemporary worship as we know it, you know. But I always love seeing in the book of Joel or even the book of the Act, in the Acts, Acts, in the last days, I'll pour out my spirit on all flesh and your sons and daughters will prophesy and your young men will see visions and your old men dream dreams. And what that creates is this beautiful biblical picture of generations or biblically speaking, a generation is a group of people living on the planet at the same time, all working together. You know, so what is this moment yeah. for Lord? What do you, what is my role this season? Is my role to cheer on? Is my role to be part of? You know, meekness, just because we can, doesn't mean we should. Humility knows its place and knows its lane. But just constantly coming back to the Lord and saying, God, what is my role in all of this? And staying faithful to that one thing, because if we can stay faithful to exactly where the Lord is calling us, we will be fruitful. And in that place of fruitfulness, we're going to be so content and yeah. satisfied and, um, and be set apart as true worshipers. So we're finding that a lot of the older generation now in our church isn't feeling displaced by this younger generation rising up but we're giving place to everyone and they're all coming alongside each other and working together so it's really beautiful to yeah. see it was a little bit hard at first to get them there but you know everybody we all have a place in this kingdom of god and and we all need to take our place vital right now i love seeing a multi-generational worship team i think we should strive for that when yes. I walk into a church and I look up and I say, oh, look at that bass player. He's probably like an old hippie guy that got saved, you know, or, oh, and there's a 19 year old drummer. Oh, and there's a 20 something uh, female singer leading. Con the I, I just love that because I don't know where else that happens. Right. What other institution, what other situation do we go to where there is generational interaction between grandmothers uh, and young marrieds and singles and middle-aged people. And I mean, that's one of the things I love most about local church, because I have not found it. There's nothing, mm. there's nothing that, you can't find that anywhere. I mean, you know, maybe you go to a Paul McCartney concert and some parent brings their, their teenage granddaughter or something and they enjoy it together, but it's not the same. I'm talking week after week after week, people in their seventies interacting with 17 year olds. And young marrieds have it getting to glean a little bit from a couple in their 50s who have raised their kids and fewer off at in university or working or married. That interaction of generational, it just it brings tears to my eyes of how unique and how special that is and how lacking that is in the world apart from the local church. I don't, I don't see it happening. And that's okay. why people feel lonely and disconnected and isolated. And they need the local church more than ever, as imperfect as it is. Come on, we all know every single church. We could sit here all day and just fill the chat up with things that we don't like about church and people that we saw that were hypocrites and people that this and people that were back 
person was sort of uh, spiritually abusive? Maybe, and, and maybe I'm acknowledging, yes, there's probably some situations that were legitimately terrible. Uh, but sometimes it's just like any situation where you have people, a school, a law firm, uh, an institution, um, a church, et cetera, anywhere you have people, there's gonna be conflict and misunderstanding and feelings hurt and misunderstanding. That's just life, man. So we, that's why the spirit of God in us, we can be people that lead the way in helping people to overlook and to forgive and to extend grace and, and to bring reconciliation. And uh, that's, we should contend for those things, you know? we. Uh, if God allows us to, um, uh, I'm I'm so glad, Hillary. Thank you. I'm glad some of that was helpful. Um, again, the other thing I wanted to add is sometimes maybe as we're aging, we find other places to minister, like uh, Thursday morning men's prayer group or women's prayer group, or um, back in the day, and they're going to a nursing home. We used to do that once a month back in the early days. So I started to learn hymns. I didn't grow up with hymns. So I grew up Catholic. I didn't know a lot of the Protestant hymns, but they would just love when you'd sing an old hymn. So it was just something we could do. Um, a Bible study, hymns, prayer meetings. I mean, uh, nursing homes, prison ministry, if that's an option. You know, uh, my point is it doesn't always have to be Sunday morning, the big deal with the lights and sound. If you can still be part of that in some way, great. But there may be a season where you're, there are seasons in my life. There are festivals, I mean, you know, just quickly, like a personal thing, festivals I used to do or whatever, that interesting, they don't call me anymore to do that <laughs> festival. And, huh. And it stings a little bit. It's like a little bee sting. It's not going to kill me. It's like, you know, I'm not aphylactic or whatever that's called. <laughs> but, you know, it's like a, a mosquito bite or a, whatever that's called. Forgive me. Um, acknowledge the sting it hurts a little bit to be overlooked or to be somewhat replaced and that might happen to you you're on a worship team for 30 years and all of a sudden it's like well they you they want to give this 20 something this 23 year old gal an opportunity and i i've had to process that and go that makes sense i've had to plead with singers in my team and say i need you to be spiritually mature to know that you have had 20 some years of ministering faithfully and i'm so thankful but i feel a responsibility as a leader to give this next generation their chance to make some mistakes to be part of a team to grow in their gift uh to surround them with with just grace and love and set them up for success and that's where we're at now and so i need you to not be offended or not be easily offended and just go ouch that hurts i wish they would still invite me to do that but Oh, well, Lord, help me to process that in a healthy way and just accept whatever season I'm in to be faithful. And there you go. Bro, <laughs> um, um, hmm, hmm. Uh, there was one thing. Oh, yeah. By the way, all of us who are maybe your 40s, 50s, 60s or beyond, it's like if we don't invest in the next generation, in the teens, in the 20s, and the 30s, there will be no church. That's right. Hello. Have Say you noticed that? Have you noticed that? That if we don't intentionally invest and give of ourselves and pour into and pastor and love and be that big brother, big sister, or aunt and uncle figure in the 20, 30 somethings and the teenagers in our church, there will be no church. There will be no 
young leaders in the next 10, 20 years. So if, if we insist on holding on to the thing that we've done forever, um, it's selfish. And uh, yeah, so let's intentionally, prayerfully look for those people like someone did probably for you. I know they did for me. Someone pulled me out. They saw something in me that I didn't see in myself when I was 25. And when that associate pastor said, Paul, you're a worshiper. I was just saying, hey, I can mow the lawn and help out with the youth ministry. Uh, whatever you need, I can help out. And he said with a pointed finger, you know what, Paul, you're a worshiper. And if you do anything here, you should lead worship. Well, that blew my mind as a 25-year-old because I just was thinking, I thought I was just a guitar player. I didn't know I was a, I'm a worshiper. Oh, oh okay. So let's be that for others. Let's be that. Let's be that. I guess um, just keep choosing Jesus. What What words could sort of leave you with if there's no other question, but acknowledge your hurt, acknowledge your disappointments. You don't have to pretend that you're not lonely. You don't have to pretend that things didn't hurt or things aren't hurting now. But I, I pray that God would give you grace to keep choosing, keep turning your heart back to the Lord, to find the grace to forgive again 70 times seven. Um, he who has been forgiven much loves much that we would be aware of how many things we've been forgiven of and how kind God has been to us. Um, and that that would keep our hearts tender toward those who uh, maybe unknowingly have offended us or maybe knowingly have offended. And that, that requires extra processing. And, um, but let's take responsibility for our spiritual life and not blame others if we can. I mean, I know there are probably a few exceptions where it was horrific. I won't even mention possibilities, but but I think it's also sort of become vogue where we blame, we just blame a lot of things. It's a generic blame game of the church. And we just blame the church for this. And we blame as if the church isn't made up of individual people and humans. And, you know, for, there's just as many situations that if I blame or think of a, a hurtful situation in church, there's at least five that I can think of where, wow, those people really blessed me. They really loved me. They really showed up with meals uh, when we were going through a hard time. They asked, they, they really surrounded our family. Wow, they really, you know, you gotta even things out. You gotta, but just, just blaming that whole thing. Let's take responsibility for our lives. Let's learn how to forgive in the small, short prayer that Jesus told us how to pray. Why would he include forgive others as I have forgiven you? Or actually, he says, forget, give us this day our daily bread. Forgive me my trespasses. <laughs> well, I have to like start from the beginning on this. As we forgive those who have trespassed against us, it's almost that in proportion to the degree that we forgive others. You know, that may not be entirely true, but it's almost said that way, that we are forgiven to the degree that we're willing to forgive others. You know, forgive us this day our daily bread. Forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who have trespassed against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil.
So, Lord, we are yours. We are yours. This is this life on earth is rather short, as as one of the writers said. It's, a, it's like a vapor. And uh, we are thankful that you've given us this life on this planet earth. And we're thankful that you opened up our eyes and we've tasted and seen and experienced your mercy firsthand. Help us to remember and recall time after time after time after time when you've been faithful, when you've demonstrated your goodness, you've demonstrated your compassion in my life, forgiveness, mercy. When I when something good happened that I didn't deserve or when I didn't get what I actually deserved because of your mercy. So we just remember you today, Lord, and we pray with whatever breath we have left on this, on this earth, Lord, whatever breath you've given us, Lord, may we just breathe it back to you. Just give it, give it to you, offer you that we were created for your pleasure, created for your purposes to enjoy this earth, to enjoy your people, to love others in the name of Jesus, to love you and to love others as we're learning to love ourselves and, and uh, help us help those of us in this room, maybe that are especially hard on ourselves. Those of us that for whatever reason tend to be really hard and we set a high bar and we, we know that we have fallen short and we have oftentimes not forgiven ourselves and not been kind to ourselves, Lord. Teach us to extend that same grace to ourselves as we are seeking to extend to others. That we would feel no need to try to be something we're not and overcompensate, or also not feel the need to apologize and be sorry for everything and just sorry, 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 and feel like we're just a worm, but to just, just, a humble confidence knowing that we are loved, we are known, and that's the most important thing. We are known, and yet we're still loved. You know everything about everything in our hearts and in our lives, and yet you love us. So I pray you help us to walk in that, to walk in that relaxed, confident authority that frees us up to not be a victim, but frees us to love others, to, to be a strength for others. Um, we just pray that we would not grow weary in well-doing. We pray for grace. Thank you that we get to serve in your kingdom during this season of our life. God, give us grace to, to do that well. And we just thank you for all these things in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Oh, amen. So good, you guys. Can we just clap quietly or loudly and go as loud as you want? You're all muted. We snap. What do we do sometimes on buses? Hallelujah. Paul, <laughs> oh, thank you. Wow. The presence of the Lord is strong in this place. And um, thank you, Paul. Mm. Thank you forever not just for what you teach, but I know we talk about this a lot. We teach what we know. You'll say it, we minister who we are. And um, yeah, God bless you I'm guys. I'm y'all, hey, and I just, yeah, I'm with y'all. Everything I've just mm -hmm. said, I'm preaching to myself. I'm not talking to you like from a guy that, 
I mean, I'm talking every single day. I have to say and remind myself all the things that I've just said to you. Do you understand that? There are no experts. I hate, I hate the thought of being a professional Christian. It makes me want to throw up. I just hate that thought. I don't want to be a professional Christian. I, I want to love God and love my family and love my neighbor as myself. You know. So the Lord be with you. I'll see you hopefully sometime, somewhere down the road. Thank you. Contact you through Instagram or Facebook or something. But thank you, Jenny. Good to see you, Paul. (laughs) Oh, thank you. Where did that come from? (laughs) Thanks, David. Thanks, David. I'm just one more time looking at names and faces. Some of you, I've seen your names on Facebook or a little comment on Instagram or something. And maybe we've met at a conference years ago or something, or maybe you watched a but Jenny, also, can we give uh, thanks to Jenny? Just let's thank Jenny for making this possible, our time together. Her heart hey. for the Lord, her heart for the church, capital C, is just beautiful as she continues to, to try to speak into and encourage people like us, all of us leaders. So we thank you for we love you guys. behind Worship Leaders Collective. You got many more roads to walk and people to impact for the kingdom. So whatever we can all do to help each other. Amen. And I think it's time we uh, brought Paul up to Canada and uh, get him in the room. So you guys Uh can stay in tuned. Our borders are opening. So I'm heading down to Seattle again. I was in Denver last week. I'm in Seattle today. So I think the chances of getting Paul, if if he'd be open to it, to Canada, my mom feeling more promising. My mom was born in Nova Scotia. My dad was born in Winnipeg. So, hey, I've always felt a little French Canadian. Okay, well, we'll get you to the West Coast. Okay. Keep away from Winnipeg. <laughs> hey, we love right. you guys. Okay, see you guys. God bless. Thanks for listening to today's episode. We hope you felt encouraged and a little more equipped for the journey you're on this season. If you're interested in weekly mentorship in a small group setting or would like to find more worship resources, check it all out at worshipleaderscollective.com. You can also find us on Facebook and Instagram. Connect, encourage, and equip. This is what we're all about at Wilco. We go together, not alone. Together, we can help move church forward.